The Strategic Living Podcast, episode number 280, How to Deal with Shiny Objects and Idea Overload. Welcome to the Strategic Living Podcast, a program dedicated to helping you achieve personal healing, discover your strategic purpose, and lead with maximum impact. Our goal is to challenge your thinking, expand your vision, and awaken the strategic influencer in you. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here is your next level mentor and coach, and the host of the Strategic Living Podcast, Brian Holmes. Welcome, everybody. It's great to have you with us. I am super excited about the program today as we are talking about something that we all deal with. I know it's going to be of great benefit to you as you continue to pursue all that God has for you. Hey, if you're ready to take your life, your leadership, your business, and your influence to the next level, well, you're in the right place. I'm honored that you're here. Let's get started. Well, to say that distractions are of epidemic proportions in our world today would be an understatement. We are constantly bombarded with information, with advertisements, with so-called journalism, political bantering, and a plethora of other mindless minions just coming at us. It's, it's pretty insane, really, as you think about all that we deal with in today's world. It takes extreme discipline to stay on point. It takes crazy discipline to keep your focus. It really takes a lot of maturity to be true to the course with all of the, shall we say, stuff that's coming at us all the time. Well, you may think I'm talking only about just day-to-day stuff day-to-day task or time management challenges. And uh, while that, too, is a, a big subject and certainly probably merits some time spent on it, and it's probably something we'll tackle on a future episode, what I'm really concerned about and what I really want to talk about today on this program is shiny objects, rabbit trails, good work versus great work. If you're anything like me, and really like most people, I think, you tend to get distracted by every new idea, every new little project, every new opportunity, or as we have already described, every shiny object that passes before your imagination. If you want to really win, if you want to make a substantial difference, if you want to have maximum impact in your life through your leadership, then you really have to develop the skills and the discipline of process and focus and follow through. That's what we're going to talk about today. How do you avoid being taken away from the things that really matter? How do you avoid being distracted from or pulled away from the things that are most aligned with the passions of your heart, with the goals and the dreams that you've set, with the objectives that you have really set out there for your life? In today's feature presentation, I'm going to share how you can filter, focus, follow through 
and finish really strong. We're talking about how to deal with shiny objects and idea overload. But first, let's do this. Here's this week's tools, tips, and recommended resources guaranteed to amplify your leadership and accelerate your personal growth. You know, over the last several months, I have been really focused on my own productivity and focus. And uh, some may know that I have joined a very exclusive coaching program. Dan Sullivan has been doing this for many years. It's called Strategic Coach. I highly recommend it. If you want to know more about it, please contact our offices. We'll talk to you about that. That's not the resource I want to talk about today. Uh, In the process of learning how to master this focus and follow through idea, one of the tools that I have incorporated in my day-to-day process is something called the Freedom App. Now, one of the distractions that we do get is comes in the form of emails and texts and electronic communication. And that can happen on your desktop computer, on your laptop, on your your tablet. I don't even like saying nor tablet. Your iPad, <laughs> on your iPhone or your other smart device. And, you know, it's, it's amazing how these notifications are set up because they ping you, they beep at you, they say you've got mail. The most annoying one for me that, I, that tends to be a distraction is when a number, like a quantitative number shows up on the mail icon or the text icon saying someone has pinged you or, or sent something to you. And there's something crazy, like crazy, psychotic crazy about that number because it, it just pulls you in. You you have to know, okay, I must be so important and someone needs my immediate attention and therefore I leave the task at hand. I depart from my focus and I am distracted by and engage something other than what I'm supposed to be focused on. Well, the Freedom Map's been around for quite a while and uh, I tell you, it has fundamentally changed my life. Here's something to consider. Studies show that every time you check email a social network like Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or one of the other ones, or if you respond to a notification, your mind, your brain requires 23 minutes of refocus time just to get back on task. Can you imagine what that's costing you? Can you imagine if you were to to calculate throughout one day or one week's time how much time you have wasted jumping to another thing like email or social media or texting or whatever it is. And then not just the time you've spent doing that activity, but the time it really takes you net to get back on task. And we'll say, well, you know, Brian, I can multitask. Well, here's one for you. The research is piling up against multitasking. Now, you may feel like you can be productive jumping from one thing to the other and and keeping a lot of plates spinning and doing all the deal, but you're actually 40% less productive when you're multitasking. Quite honestly, I believe multitasking is actually a complete fabrication of the amount. I don't believe you can do it. I don't believe we can fully have 100% focus on multiple things at one time. So here's my experience. What I've been doing is I've been using this great app called the Freedom App, and it allows you to actually select a time period. But before you select a time period, you go into the settings of this app and you tell it, during my focus times, I do not want access on my computer, my phone, my tablet. I want you to block all access to, and you choose the applications. You choose your social media feeds or apps. You choose your mail app, your your texting, anything that could be a distraction to you. 
you're able to select it in the settings, and then you select, for the next 45 minutes, I don't want to be interrupted by anything. When you push start on that Freedom App timer, it immediately, behind the scenes, blocks off all the access you have to those applications for that time frame. I said, well, Brian, I don't know if I can do that because somebody might need me. How bad do they really need you? The people that really might need you in an emergency situation, which probably won't even happen, but if they were to, they can find a way to reach you. But do you really have to have everybody and their mother-in-law pinging you on email and text and Facebook all the time? I want to encourage you to try this app. I want to encourage you to check out brianholmes.com forward slash freedom app. brianholmes.com forward slash freedom app. This is a tool that I use every single week. I do it multiple times. I select my blocks of time and I set it up and I get totally focused. And I think this might be a game changer for you. If you're like me and you tend to get distracted, try this. Give it a shot. brianholmes.com forward slash freedom app. You can certainly find out more about this in our show notes as well. How to deal with shiny objects and idea overload. So here's the deal. Creative people create. Entrepreneurs innovate. People who are self-starters and leaders tend to always be out in front of everybody else. It's just what we do. We create. We make a way for other people. And whether you're a speaker, an author, a business owner, a pastor, a community leader, government official, whatever it is you do in a leadership or influence role, I promise you this, by virtue of the fact that you are a leader, your mind is always engaged in creative posture. Now, when we commit to a project, we say, you know, I'm going to do that, or we set a goal, or we set out to do some other meaningful endeavor, it is important that we know how to properly handle the new information that's going to come to us. We need to know how to, to navigate and deal with the constant flow of ideas that are going to continue to come. When you engage a project, the ideas don't stop. So how do you deal with those? If you don't master being able to deal with all that stuff that's always coming into your creative mind, you're going to tend to, to start a lot of things and probably never finish many of them. Or, even worse, you will be an idea junkie. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking to me as much as I'm talking to you. Constantly dreaming up solutions and products and things that could help people but never really pulling the trigger on any of them because, well, you just haven't committed to anything yet. You haven't picked one. I suspect uh, that I'm talking to a, a good number of people who suffer with this condition. I've already said in the past, in the past, I have really struggled with this. Just ask my assistant. She'll tell you. There are so many good things that can be done. Brian, which, which one do I pick? Which one do I commit to? Is it, you know, how do I know it's going to satisfy and bring fulfillment and produce results? How do I know I'm going to succeed? 
and not fall flat on You don't know any of those things. How does one determine what is worthy of your yes, your real yes? You're all in. I'm going after it. I'm doing this. How do you, as my wonderful and beautiful friend Rhonda Geddes says, how do you pick your pony and then ride that thing until you get to the destination? That's what I'm going to cover now in this featured presentation. It's what I call the litmus test for ideas and projects. This litmus test for ideas and projects, it's a filter. It's a screening process that allows you to sort through all of the minutia, all of the the factors, all the ideas, all the outstanding projects that are rolling around in your mind. And it helps you to determine what is truly viable and worthy of your right now, yes. And I stress right now because there is a category that you may find a, a project or an idea worthy of your yes, but it's not now. What do you do with that? Well, we'll talk about that in just a moment. So, Brian, what is this test? What is this process? What is this filter? Where? Well, write this down if you're where you can write something down. What, why, who, where, how. What, why, who, where, how. That's the short version, but let me, let me break it down for you like this. You first determine the what. Okay, what is the idea? What is the product? What is the service? What is the thing that you are somehow in this moment compelled to at least explore, maybe even create, do, or accomplish? What, just write it down. What is it? Describe it. Name it, but then describe it. What is it? Get a real handle on the what, which then leads you to step number two in the filter process. Why? Now, this is more than just asking yourself the question, why do I want to do this? And that's probably important too. But let's really kind of unpack that. Why will this thing make a difference? In fact, quantify it. What is the difference that this thing is going to make, first of all, in my own life, maybe for my family, for the people that I'm called to serve? Will this make a difference in the world? Why is this important, really? That's, that's the question you're asking. Why is this idea important enough to commit to? Can I, with deep conviction, with strong belief, unwavering confidence, engage the what, knowing that it's going to land, it's going to make a difference, it's going to absolutely produce results? Why is this important, really? The next part of the process is who? Well, I know that we spend a lot of time talking about, well, who is the market for this product and who is this going to serve? And all that is very much a part of the matrix of filtering an idea. However, I want you to think in terms of this idea here. Who are you supposed to be doing this with? Who are your team members? Who are your cheerleaders? Who are the people who are your mentors, your coaches? Who are your advocates in this process? Who are the people who are going to provide the funding? Build your team in your mind or on paper. 
Who are the people you're supposed to be doing this with? Here's the thing. Most of us jump into a project without first taking an inventory of the relationships we have so that we can identify whether or not we have the connections, have the relationships we need presently to make this idea really fly. Sometimes you've got to go out and do some extra networking. Sometimes you've got to find people that you do know to introduce you to people that they know, that introduce you to people that they know so that you can find the who you need in your corner to make this idea really happen. Take an inventory of the relationships you have and the roles they will play. Do you have the pieces in place where this thing can really fly? Because here's what I know about good ideas and great work. Great work, great products, great services, great ideas never really land and make a massive difference without collaboration, without other people being a part of the process. So we've talked about identifying the what. We've talked about really discovering and considering the why. Why is this important really? Is it going to make a difference? We've talked a little bit about the who. Who are you supposed to be doing this project with? Who is supposed to be involved with you as you pursue the what? The fourth part of this litmus test is where. This has to do with what area, what industry, what people group does your proposed idea or project or creation affect? If this thing comes to market, if this idea comes into the ministry world, if you create, launch that nonprofit, launch that foundation, launch that company, or launch this new product line or this new service, where is that going to be applied? Where is the thing you're launching going to be best suited in the marketplace? Really, you could ask this question, what is the context for this project, this service, this idea? Where does it make the most sense? Where is it going to add the most value? Where, where is it that it's going to produce the greatest impact, the greatest influence, and yes, the greatest profitability? You can have the perfect idea. You can have a deep reason why and have it very much clear in your heart that yes, this is worthy of, of my time, my energy, and my yes. You can identify who your team members are, who your coaches are, your mentors, your partners, all those things, but if you misapply a good idea and you try to, to launch it in an area that the context doesn't fit, well, it's going to fall flat on its face. It's going to fail. So who, what, why, who, and the where is very important. Now, let's talk about step number five in the litmus test, in this process, in this filter it's how. Before I tell you what is involved in the how, I want to remind you that we've already fully vetted the what, the why, the who, and the where. We've talked about getting clarity on what the idea is, the product, the service, the foundation. We've talked about the why. Why is this important? What is the big difference this is going to make? We've talked about the who. We've really vetted the possibilities that exist in context, in industry, in people groups. And only when you have fully gone through the what, the why, the who, and the where do you begin to consider the how. Can I tell you 
most of us have a great idea and we jump from one to five. We immediately go to how am I going to make this happen? Oh my gosh, how, what is this going to look like? I don't even have the money to do it. I don't have the resources. I don't have the funding. I don't have the, I mean, you just, you don't even, you don't process through the why and the who and the where. You just jump right to how. And really what typically happens is the details, the mechanics, the possible components and systems and the marketing and all, all of those kinds of details overwhelm us. And we dismiss the idea before we've fully determined if it's worthy of our time, our energy, and our yes. It is only when you've processed through the what, the why, the who, the where that you begin to deal with how. In fact, it's only when you've already said yes and committed you begin to now piece through the details about how you're going to take this great goal, this worthy goal, and make it a reality. Most of us are constantly flooded with ideas. We're always thinking of solutions. We're always pondering what ifs. And I would tell you that if you will get those ideas out of your head and start with just process number one, which is what? Get that idea on paper, describe it, define it, and then intentionally, purposefully, with great discipline, go through the why. Don't even go to who until you've processed the why. Once you really have clarity on the why and you know that, that man, here's the deal. I, at least at this stage in the process, my why is big enough. It's solid enough. And I believe that it's a worthy goal. Only when you say yes to the why do you go to the who. And then you look at your relationships and the connections you have and the the various networking that you have going on around you, and you determine, do I have the people that I need around me? And only when you have said yes to the who can you go to the where. And only when you've processed and identified very clearly where this idea, this project, this, this uh, company, this nonprofit, this foundation, where this thing is really going to land, do you begin to dive deep into the minutia and the complexities of the mechanics, the components, the systems, the marketing, etc. Here are some additional questions you can ask that I believe will help you with the what, why, who, where, and how. Number one, when this vision, this idea, this project comes to total fruition, when it's a reality, when it's actually in front of me and operating in the space it was created to operate in, what does it look like? Can I clearly articulate a future picture of this thing doing exactly what it was designed to do? Can I write out in words the vision for not what this is going to look like, but what it looks like? Project into the future and speak about the future as if it's right now and describe what does this thing look like? That's vision. Number two, what has to be true when this project is completed in order for it to be considered successful? So you look at the vision of the thing in the future, completed and finished, and then because it's finished, what is true? 
people are being served, lives are being changed, funds are being raised. I don't know, whatever the thing is that you're, you're contemplating right now. But if this thing were to absolutely sing, man, to do the deal, what's the success criteria? What has to be true about it in order for you to know this was a success? The third question is, what is the best result I can expect for my own life and for those that I serve if I do take action on this project? What's the best result? And man, list those out. Bullet point those things out. What's the best result? The fourth question I would ask you to consider is this. What is the worst result if I don't take action? Think about this. If you go through the what, the why, the who, the where, and the, even the how, and for whatever reason, because of a lack of self-esteem, a lack of confidence, a lack of, I don't know, vision or understanding, you decide not to do the deal. What is the worst thing that can happen for you, for your family, and watch, for those that this idea was created to serve? If you don't do this, what's that going to look like? I encourage you to dream big. I encourage you to allow your mind and your heart, your spirit even, to be open to the wonderful possibilities that exist. I invite you, I encourage you to always be pursuing the next level. But here's the piece. Determine for sure what it is that's worthy of starting. And once you start, have the diligence, the discipline, the commitment to see it all the way through to the end. Finish and finish strong. Here's some homework for you. Many of you right now are sporting a lot of awesome ideas. And all they are right now is fantasy. They're just floating around in your mind as loose, random, uh, aimless possibilities. I want you to, in the coming week or 10 days or two weeks, find a way to get away. Go to a park. Go to a river somewhere. Go someplace that's peaceful to you and it's a place where you can think and unwind and and allow yourself permission to get those ideas, all of them, out of your head and onto paper. Take a journal with you. Take a spiral with you. Whatever you got to take. Do a brain dump. Get it out of your head and onto paper in no particular order, which leads me to number two. Once you get all those things out of your head and onto paper, just using a simple numerical system, prioritize them quickly. Okay, of, of these 15 ideas that I've been just tossing around in my head for all this time, of these, the ones that seem most important to me, that resonate the most with me are, and, and list them in order, one, two, three, four, five. Prioritize them. Once you've prioritized them, Go back now and apply the litmus test for ideas and for projects. Can you clearly articulate the what? What is this thing? What is the product? What is the service? What is the ministry? What is the idea? Go through the why. Articulate in words, in detail. What is the difference that this thing is going to make when it becomes reality? to me, to my family, to those that I serve, to the world that I live in. Why is this really important? Go through all of those ideas you've put on paper, you've prioritized them, and 
really think about who do I have in my life that can help me to make these a reality. Think about the, the area, the industry, the sphere of influence, the people group that this proposed project or creation is going to affect. Write it down. Describe it. Don't just think about it. Write it down. And then you can begin tallying some details. Brain dump. Prioritize them. Apply this test. And then determine what stays, what goes. And, yes, I told you I was going to mention this. What is it that is worthy of right now? What can you say yes to today that's going to make a difference immediately in your life? And then for those ideas that, that you know there's a, there's a very possible yes there, but it, you, you know it's not for today, how do you file those away? Well, here's what I do. I put them in Evernote. I have an idea file in Evernote, and I put them there. I revisit those once a month just to see if anything jumps off the page at me. But don't toss it. Don't dismiss it necessarily. Uh, but file it away. And here's the deal. There may be some things that you're saying, oh, that's just stupid. I mean, when I really go through this litmus test, that doesn't make any sense at all. So just toss that one. But act on the ones that are right now. File the ones away for possibly a later time that are great ideas, that are great work, that can make a huge difference, but they're not for today. And then discard those that you know, nah, that's not me, not worthy of my yes. Here's what I'll tell you. Every time you say yes to something, you are saying no to something else. I want you to think about that. We've talked about this. Every time you say yes to something, you are saying no to something. You cannot say yes to everything. You can say no to everything, and you'll never get anywhere in life. You've got to say yes to something. So this program today is all about determining what is worthy of your yes. Because when you say yes, you are saying no to something else. Use this. Determine what you'll say yes to. Determine what you'll say no to. Take your life to a different place. Stop swimming in ideas. Say yes. If you're ready to take your life and leadership to another level and are committed to doing whatever necessary to become the influencer God has created you to be, then you are ready for this week's Influencers Challenge. So the Influencers Challenge really is just a way for us to go out with me charging you to make change, to make a difference, to exercise influence. We are all about strategic influence, and you have the capacity, the greatness, the goodness of God in you to make a massive difference in the world you live in. In this segment, I want to share with you something by Marianne Williamson. It's from her book, A Return to Love, Reflections on the Principles of A Course in Miracles. It's called Our Deepest Fear. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? You are a child of God, and your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing 
enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us. It is in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. My friends, the entire world really is waiting for you to show up in your brilliance, in your talent, in your greatness. They're waiting for you and I to show up and make our contribution, the one for which we were created. They're really waiting for us to exercise leadership and influence towards good. Many times it is our fears and our insecurities that paralyze us. They render us motionless Right when we're standing at the door of a great opportunity, we are paralyzed. It's time to break out of the fear, to deal with our insecurities, to take up the mantle and the call to influence, to leadership, to making a difference. I love what Marianne Williamson says, your playing small does not serve the world and your shrinking up to make everyone else around you comfortable. Well, it's cheating both you and all of mankind from the blessing and the grace and the gift that you bring to those that you engage. My challenge for you today is this. Embrace your greatness. Embrace the incredible gifts that God has bestowed in you. Embrace your talents, your skills, your abilities. Embrace the goodness of God as it shines through you. Say yes to the opportunities afforded you. You are a difference maker. You are a world changer. And most of all, I need you to know this today. Your life really matters. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Strategic Living Podcast. We trust this program has been a valuable resource and has challenged you to take your life and leadership to the next level. We invite you to join our growing community of strategic influencers by connecting with us at brianholmes.com. As always, if this podcast and our other resources have benefited you, be sure to share them and pass it on. Until next time, may God bless you immensely. And remember, You are created for greatness.